And we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am once again one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, joined alongside Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, a crazy week in the National Football League. Uh, you know, a really big sleeper game we had on Thursday, to say the least. But some stunning upsets that we had in the National Football League. And, man, I just no nothing else to say about what the NFL has given us this season. Well, this has been the most chaotic year of football I have ever seen. Nothing makes yeah. sense. You think you can go in the game, okay, Team A has beaten X, Y, and Z, and Team B has sucked the entire year. This should be no-brainer. Nope. Whatever you just fought, just throw it out the window because these teams don't want to decide if they're good or not, if they're bad. Our players good, our quarterbacks good, or who's good, what defense is good, what's bad. Nothing makes absolute sense this week. I couldn't even name you who are the top ten teams of football right now. That's how crazy. I can name you the top five. I think the top five is kind of solidified right now. I mean, the top three for sure are the Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills. Yeah. After that, I don't even know. Who would you put as the top? The number eight, the next two. It's so so tough. Uh, trying to fill those I, two I, teams. I, do you I think give the Vikings default, their credit and the Giants their credit? I guess. I think by default you have to put Dallas in there. And you may not like this, but I th- no, they've I, been I, good. I agree with, with that. They've been. Cooper Rush is not a good quarterback, and they've been doing a good job about them. So you assume when Dak comes back, which is probably gonna, this week, they're going to come back and they're going to start. You know, they're going to hit the ground running again. They're going to be absolutely fine, and Dallas yeah. will cement no. their top five That's position fair. as a team. Number number, I guess I put them at four. Number five, I think you can put a couple different teams. I think the Vikings can get their due. I think the, uh, even New York Football Giants can get their due. Yeah. I think it's time to stop. Start looking at the Giants as a team rather than just a collection of misfit toys, which what they are. It is the <laughs> island of misfit toys yeah. over there in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, and it's time to stop looking. Okay, but this team should work on paper. Well, this is why you play the games. It doesn't matter if Team A looks way better than Team B on paper. If Team B can come together and kick the absolute living shit out of the other team, then the team composition does not matter at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's just been an unbelievable start this season. I don't know how the rest of the season's going to turn out, but I guess we have to go with. Yeah, and the the problem is, and, you know, despite us having a great week to start off, you know, having to start off with this Thursday night game, uh, maybe just cancel Thursday night football in general. Maybe I think I think, I think that Bezos would do everyone good. Was robbed. Whoever sold him this year's rights to Thursday night football, Beth, Jeff Bezos got absolutely robbed. I don't think he cares like, about the quality of games, but just I think he wanted the name having football on Amazon. He wanted like, the name. You, you got to think about it. They had a great game to start the season. They had Chargers and Chiefs. You would think, oh, maybe we're gonna have some great football after that. No. We've got in Broncos and Colts, and then you had this game between Washington and Chicago. I I think, I think one touchdown was scored the entire game. Um, no, there would be two. There were two touchdowns. There were two touchdowns. All right, so they doubled the amount of touchdowns. That's really good for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not much justice any of us could do to say about this game. Carson Wentz throws for under 100 yards. Justin Fields. I already even know. I mean, it's he's still a second-year quarterback. I will give him some time, but it's not looking good for him. But my my only griping beef is is that the Bears have a new offense, you know, new coach, new offensive coordinator. If Justin Fields doesn't start doesn't start picking it up, he might not be the quarterback at the end, you know, going into next season for Chicago. I think that's a very very bold prediction. I think they will give Justin Fields a little bit more time. I don't think they're gonna give him the Josh Rosen treatment. 
No, I mean that like if he doesn't start picking it up the rest of the season, then yeah, I think you're going to 100 percent see Chicago because you got to think they're two and four. They're going to be in conversation to be in, in one of those top ten picks, and with a big quarterback draft class upcoming, I could very much well see them being in that conversation to take a quarterback. Because let's just be fact, Justin Fields has not looked that great. He hasn't. No, he's allergic to throwing not the his football. Fault, but yeah. He can't throw the football, not like he has any wide receivers that would catch the football, Darnell Mooney being his number one option. And really, the second best player on the team is probably David Montgomery. Yeah, offensively. Uh, actually, not even offensively, just in general. Yeah, he is. I would even say eventually say he's the best player on that team. Okay, I, I, I could see that. He's definitely one or two. I don't know where to rank him, but he's definitely the best offensive right, player on that team. Probably the best, because I'm thinking of the better defensive players. They have Jalen Johnson and Robert Quinn, but that's about it. They have nothing going for them right now. But Commanders winning an ugly game versus the Bears. I don't want to stay on this game. Yeah. Let's basically, get into positive news. Basically, moral story is the Commanders win. They got Brian Robinson. Great story from him. You know, second game back after getting shot during the preseason. He scores the game when he touched down. Carson Wentz does get injured this game, and he's rumored to be out the next four to six weeks. So you will see Taylor Heineke once again being the starting quarterback for this team. But, yeah. Horrible game, but you're right. Let's get out to a game that actually, you know, brought some smiles to a lot of people's faces. Let's talk about those Giants. I'm not a Giants fan, but we got to talk about them being 5-1. Stunning Baltimore at home. One thing I want to touch upon before getting into this game. This is the third time this season that Baltimore has blown a double-digit lead. Baltimore has had a double-digit lead in all six of their games. They've blown them in half. They are 500 right now, blowing a double-digit lead to They technically Miami. blew it in that Bengals game, too, and they barely won that game. That that was mismanagement by Zach Taylor at the yeah, end. Zach's, yeah. We, yeah, we all know how I, I, how I feel about Zach Taylor, but continue. Uh, blowing back double-digit lead to Miami, the Bills, and now the New York football Giants. Yeah. Is it is this coaching? I don't know what this is. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want. Uh, are you talking talk, about Baltimore? Talk about, yeah, I don't want to talk bad about Harbaugh. This is clearly um, coaching. No, this, this is clearly coaching. Oh, man, that's tough, man. Here's that's here's really, why. Really tough. Here's why I say that. I, I it might not necessarily be more on Harbaugh. It could be coordinators too, because you yeah, remember they 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 got rid of Wink Marindale, and we all said that that would be interesting. Because look at how the Giants' defense has been with Wink Marindale. It's been great. They're one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. Now. You got to look at Baltimore. They're having a lot of issues in the second half. They start off great in the first half in this game, and then the second half happens, and they just they seem flat. And that's happened in all their games. Same thing with Miami. Same thing against Buffalo. They start off really good, and something happens when they go into halftime. I don't know what it is. Now, their offense, and then let's talk about that too. Lamar Jackson has been unbelievable the first three quarters of every game this season. And the fourth quarter, it's when like the, the fourth sh- quarter happens. The clock strikes I, midnight. He turns into he's like Cinderella. He turns into a pumpkin, and he's uh yeah, ball's no longer going on for him. I mean, you saw it flat out. I mean, you had it. So this the crazy thing about this game is is that the Ravens have a twenty to seventeen lead. The Giants had just come back from you know twenty to ten, got a touchdown to make it a one possession game. Baltimore has a third and one situation where they run a quarterback sneak, get the first down. But here's the problem, and this is why I say it's coaching. They get an illegal formation on a third-and-one quarterback sneak. How does that happen to a team that's supposed to be well-coached by John Harbaugh? How does that happen? How do you let that happen? I don't know how you let that happen, but at the end of the day, it ends up being costly for Baltimore. 
They yeah, will, they do get a chance to score at the end of the game, but they could not. They couldn't drive down the field, and they couldn't make that happen. Well, it, this is why it's costly because the next play is that third and six, and what happens on that third and six? They get a bad snap. Lamar picks it up, and he throws an interception to Julian Love, and that leads the Giants to having a go, getting the go-ahead touchdown, thanks to Marcus Peters having a pass interference on a, a play where the again, this is another bad job of the Ravens because if you look at that play. Daniel Jones was going to get sacked. So he was trying to just toss it up and make a hero play. And thankfully for the Giants, Marcus Pierce was holding Darius Slated in the end zone. It led to a pass interference. So the Giants had a first and goal opportunity at the one-yard line, Nick, which leads to Saquon scoring. Are you sure that Eli Manning actually hasn't switched bodies with Daniel Jones? And well, I would say that, but Eli Manning, cannot, <laughs> Eli Manning cannot run at the pace that Daniel uh, Jones that, runs that is at. A very, that is a very good tr- that is very uh, true. Eli Manning loved to stay in the I pocket. do love speed line, but man, he's not as fast as Daniel Jones. All right, so maybe it's not Eli actually just, you know, in a, in a Daniel Jones disguise right now. Yeah. Maybe this has to go to the Giants coaching staff, made major changes in the offseason, seems to be paying off in the short term. Long term future, we obviously don't know about that. We'll, you know, yeah, I mean, time goes on, but in the short term, definitely a great hire. I mean, yeah, Brian Dable's done an amazing job. Wake Marindale has done an amazing job. Not a lot of people talk about Mike Kafka. He's done an amazing job, too, the offensive coordinator, making some great play calls. You know, he's tricking a lot of these defenses with some of the play calling that he's made, and it's fooling a lot of these defenses, and they don't know how to stop it. You would think, just stack the box and stop Saquon Barkley. They do that, and it still does not work. They're still able to get Saquon Barkley 25 carries as an example for this game, and he's still able to make huge amount of plays, you know, out of the backfield. They were able to get, you know, guys like Wandale Robinson, Danny Bellinger. They're two rookies. They both get big touchdowns this week in this game. So, I mean, you you just have to give a hats off to the Giants. You also get another big play from your rookie, Kayvon Thibodeau, who has the game-winning sack strip fumble. And, I mean, I don't even know. The Giants are 5-1. and It hasn't been pretty. All three of their five wins have come from behind after being down double digits. But this is just a gritty team that does not give up. You can't leave this team hanging around because if you do, they're going to make you pay for it. Absolutely. I agree with you. And sticking on the uh, subject of mediocre teams, not talking about the Giants, talk about the Ravens. Talking about mediocre teams, oh, let's, no. talk about, let's talk about Green Bay. There you go. Yep, I, I can't believe Green Bay would be this mediocre this early on in the season. Now, we've seen those seasons where Aaron Rodgers goes pedestrian 500, a game above 500, a game below 500, but... In the manner which he's actually going 500 is completely unacceptable because in years past, you could actually shift the blame to the Green Bay Packers defense. This is on Aaron Rodgers. This well, one I would to. say this is on it's on a couple of things. It's not only Aaron Rodgers because you're right. Aaron Rodgers has not looked good and he's making some very questionable decisions. This is on Aaron Rodgers. This is on Matt LaFleur. And this is also on their defense because you cannot discredit the fact that Packers defense has looked horrible against the run. They cannot stop the run for anything right now. Greasehall absolutely smoked the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. And Saquon did the same thing the previous week in London. And you also saw it in week two. David Montgomery, he torched the Packers too. The Packers can't stop the run right now. Yeah. Now, it's, go ahead. Go it's a real problem. They can't, like you said, they really can't stop the run. And even when they played the Patriots, that was their bread and butter because yeah, if you yeah. remember that's the game that's that right. Bailey Zappi went in there and they said, okay, we got the third string rookie quarterback. Brian Hoyer just went down. We don't have Mac Jones, our starting quarterback. 
let's just run the ball. And that's how the Patriots stayed in that game, how they yeah. got the game to go to overtime. They ran that ball. So, yeah, you're 100% right. Now, the, the, it's funny because you bring that up, and I think this is a great point. The Packers, you would, you know, the Patriots have that two-headed monster, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris in that game. You know the Packers have a two-headed monster with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Absolutely. The fact that they get 19 carries combined, which is uh, one carry less than Brees Hall, who had 20 for 116 this game. The fact that the Packers are running the ball, are now running the ball at all, it's just infuriating. And I'm not even a Packer fan. I could care less what happens. How in the world are the Packers not running the ball more with two really good running backs? And this is why I say it's on Jones, it's uh, it's on Aaron Rodgers, and it's on Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers, we have heard, is making some of the play calling. So he'll audible out of some some of these plays. you got to wonder how many times is he audible out of a run and switch to a pass where he's throwing the ball deep. The Packers don't have a guy like Devontae Adams anymore. So they can't really be affording to throw a deep ball to a guy like Alan Lazard or Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson. They're not there yet. They're not that number one type of wide receiver. You have two rookies, and Alan Lazard is just starting to maybe emerge as the number one. But at the same time, if you look, if you put Alan Lazard on any team, he's not a number one wide receiver. It's it just you know it just facts. It's he's, the Jacoby Myers effect. Yeah, and, and I would take Jacoby Myers ten times out of ten over Alan Lazard. Not even a question. Ooh, that's very high praise. Hundred percent. Corey Myers has been has been really good. Has been a really good wide receiver the last couple, last two years. I think he, yeah. he's one of the yeah, more underrated wide receivers in the he NFL. He really is. Yeah, he's reliable. Will always get you about 60, 70 yards a game. He's uh, one of those guys who just kind of he's not your number one, but I I think anyone would take him in their wide receiving court. Yeah, and I mean the the point is for this game, the Packers are are kind of a dysfunctional place right now because you know we're starting to hear you know starting to hear things about Rodgers on the floor. They're maybe clashing at how the play calling has gone because Rogers even said that things have to be fixed and Matt LaFleur, he doesn't know what has to be fixed. So I'm wondering how many times has Rogers, you know, mixed up a play call and done something that he wants to do instead of what LaFleur wants to do. I don't know. Either way, it's not going to lead to Green Bay winning games. I'll tell you this. They are playing Washington their next game. If they lose to the Commanders, there's someone has trouble. to get. Someone has to get fired. There's real trouble, really, especially with all of their scandals surrounding Dan Snyder right now. Yeah. Internally, on the field, off the field, in their stadium, falling apart. Their management's falling apart. Their quarterbacks are falling apart. Yeah. Everything that could be going wrong for a franchise, it's like a perfect eclipse. You're watching the death of an entire franchise happen yeah. in real time in Washington. And if Green Bay loses to them, it's not going to be pretty. But good news is, I guess for Jets fans. Improved four and two on the season. Sauce Gardner looking like that top. Sauce Gardner looks amazing right now, dude. Yeah, looking like that top he looks player, really like really good. Uh, getting a little scuffle there in the tunnel at the end, though. With the, uh, uh, with the I mean, game. yeah, I mean, Lazard knocked I'm it off his head. Thing. I'm yeah. gonna say one thing, one thing only. I do not like the Jets. I hate the Jets. I despise them. But <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. I think it is fair game that he took the cheese head and was bragging and was having a good time. I mean, you when gotta you, think of it. Go ahead, go ahead. When you go into a historic venue against one of the greatest franchises of all time, the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field, and you not only knock them off, you dominate them, you have bragging rights. You can talk as much shit as you want. You want yeah. to wear the cheese hat. You've earned that. It's not like he got blown out 42 to zero and that's he's acting like that. That's just being a sore loser. No, so, uh, he has every right to he has every right to act like that. The Jets did exactly what the Giants did the week before. 
and that's running the ball down the Packers' throat and playing really good defense. Now, credit the Giants didn't do that in the first half of this game and their game. They did it in the second half. The Jets did this in the entire game. They had monster performances from Quinn, from Quinn and Williams, two sacks, two tackles for losses. He also had a blocked field goal. I mean, he he was unbelievable. Looked like the best defensive lineman in all of football with his performance this past game. You also got, obviously, a big contribution out of Sauce Gardner. John Franklin Myers had a big game. Jets blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown as well. I mean, the Jets are very... I, I have to say, they're a fun team to watch right now. 4-2. They You have all these young guys on your team. Guys like Hall and Wilson and also Garrett Wilson. You have Elijah Moore. They, and even on this defensive side, you have Sauce Gardner, Quentin Williams. They have a fairly young core. And, the, you know, you weren't expecting them to start the season 4-2. and two. You're thinking maybe next year is when they make that push. They might already be ahead of schedule with this 4-2 and two start. You got to believe, if they beat the Broncos this week, they go to 5-2. and two. I mean, it's a good time to be a Jets fan right now. It, they haven't had a lot of success the last couple of years. They're kind of in the same territory as the Giants fans right now. It just You're just They're riding the wave of momentum. Money. You're playing with house money right now. Yeah, if you're a Jets fan or a Giants fan. Yeah, absolutely. You're just you're just enjoying the ride and seeing how it ends. Yeah, and going into our next game, we want to talk about the Patriots destroying the Browns. I can't see I saw this coming. Uh, when we went over a couple weeks ago about teams, I think without Mac Jones, if we had a chance, I said we would have a chance versus the Browns, but I didn't. I want to see Bailey Zappi could do. Now Bailey Johnson Zappi has been that guy so far. He is the only I think the first quarterback in. NFL history, correct me if I'm, wrong, if I'm wrong about this, to have go 2-0 and in his first two starts and have over 100 QBR those first two starts. I think you're right about that. I didn't see this. St- I haven't seen that stat, but I th- I'll take your word for it. Now, there is not, there's no quarterback controversy right now. And this is what, uh, this, this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. That's what I was going to ask you. Mac Jones played the harder teams on the schedule so far. Uh, here. Do, do you not think this is kind of a Tom Brady situation right now? I don't think this is a Tom Brady situation. You don't situation think Mac Jones is going to be Drew Bledsoe? Where you I, know he's a good quarterback, but you have to ride the wave of momentum. You're going with your rookie QB? I think Bill Belichick is going to trust Mac Jones when he comes back. Bailey Zappi, I think it's more of a Tom Brady, I'm, Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I swear to God, Johnson, if Bailey Zappi starts playing like rookie Tom Brady and they do this bullshit again... Oh, I'm going to go wild. I'm going to cry. I'm going to go absolutely wild. And then I can't wait to beat Bailey Zappi in the Super Bowl twice. <clears throat> anyway. And that means Bailey Zappi gets us six more rings. You can have two. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that trade any you, day of the week. You bastard. <laughs> I will take that trade. I will shake your hand right now. I will sign the contract. I don't agree to these. T- I, hold on. I didn't agree fully to these terms. I Just agree a portion of these terms. Well, that is the full term. Those are the full terms and conditions you should probably read before signing. Anyways, uh, anyway, Patriots destroying the Browns. Ramondre Stevenson having himself a day, running for over 160 yards with two touchdowns. Bailey Zappi, 118 QBR. Looking really like a great passing, quarterback. Yeah. He's looking like a really great quarterback. Cleveland, I don't know what the hell is going on. I will give him a little break here. Bill, if, Bill, if anyone knows their former quarterbacks, it's Bill Belichick. Yep. Bill Belichick probably saw this game. He circled it on his calendar and said, okay, we're playing Jacoby. I've- I think I he does that any time he plays the Browns. I know. Yeah, well, he hates the Browns in he general. He hates the Browns for what they did to him, and I don't blame him. He had he had Jacoby there for him, and he knew his weaknesses. He drafted him. He was on the team with him. He had games starting when Tom Brady was out. Jacoby was starting for him. 
He knows what he Jacoby's good at and what he is bad at. I think this was just it came down to coaching. It came down to well, coaching. Well, yeah, you gotta think about it. They did what so Nick you gotta remember this too. Nick Chubb was was the leading rusher and still is the leading rusher after this week also. But he's a, he was the leading rusher in the NFL. So the Patriots' best thing they did in this game was holding Nick Chubb to just twelve carries in this game for fifty six yards. Now on paper, that's not a bad statistical stat, but the fact that he only had twelve carries for the entire game, that's huge on the Patriots. They forced Cleveland to throw the football. And you saw Jacoby Brissett make those mistakes. Had two interceptions, sacked four times. New England did 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 the job that they needed to do. They forced Cleveland to go away from the running game, which has been their bread and butter throughout the first five. You know, going into this game throughout the first five games of the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. New England did their job. It's looking a little bleak there in Cleveland right now. It's, morale's kind of higher on the Patriots side right now. Absolutely. I was I, expecting to have, for them to stop Brian Hoyer and just lose a bunch of games and get a top 10, top 5 You pick. even said after Mac Jones got hurt that you were ready to start the tank and go and get ready for a guy maybe like Will Anderson in the draft. Yeah, I was ready for that because I had I didn't have faith in Brian Hoyer, but I said I wanted to see what Bailey Zappi could do. You I did. think it was, way, it was too much of a question mark on the uh, – uh, on him, and I'm gonna—I got shit about because I saw he threw for six thousand yards. So let me correct you. He threw for fifty-nine hundred and sixty-three yards in college. All right, Western Kentucky. Yep, Western Kentucky. Not almost six thousand, over sixty touchdowns at any Division One level of play. That is impressive. If you're taking guys, I think in the first round like Carson Wentz or Trey Lance, and they played at North Dakota State, I—I I can't. To me, I—I I can't justify that. If you're gonna take Carson Wentz or Trey Lance in the first round. When they, you know they played at North Dakota State, nothing against North Dakota State, but you base that off them, and you see someone like Bailey Zappi go to the fourth round. I mean, that's a little suspect to me. I remember they there were guys like him, there was a guy like Sam Howell that was still in the draft when the Patriots were picking at that pick, and everyone gave the Patriots a lot of crap for taking a guy like Bailey Zappi that you know wasn't well was you know not well more known. I probably just butchered that completely. I don't really care about my grammar. But you know what I'm talking about. They, Everyone was expecting Sam Howell to be that guy that New England could take at that pick. And they said, you know what? We're going to take the project and Bailey Zappi and see what we got here. Yeah, no. Patriots love the gamble on their draft picks. And it's kind of been paying off right now. Is yeah. Cole Strange really that bad? No, he's been kind of solid. Kyle Duggar was another one. It's like, what the hell are the Patriots doing? Kyle Duggar is probably one of the better defensive backs on the team right now. And he was another guy that no one knew who the hell he was. He went to Division II college, but his yeah. combat backs were out of this world. And when you saw him, it's like, oh, my God. Like, if you saw him on paper against all the other athletes, you just realize he's just as talented. Yeah. Athletically or just as athletically gifted as anyone else in that draft at defensive back. Who, and, and you know, at this rate, Cole Strange is probably going to be an all-pro guard. He'll probably be the same thing. Yeah, I mean, he's looking really good so far, so I'm excited about this. Uh, people love giving Belichick shit for drafting. I know he – I realize that he's Listen, missed a lot in the past. He's, he took those two tight ends not too long ago. That didn't pan out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. But yep. I think uh, non-skill position-wise, he's been pretty pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you got to give Belichick credit. You know, you would think after a 1-3 start and your quarterback going down – that it pretty much be over for New England, and you're going into a you know a season where you're just going to be drafting in the top ten. Now you're three and three, and a very 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 winnable game against the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. Patriots could be four and three at the end of next week, so there's still great things to be looked upon in New England. Uh, if you gave me my prediction at the end of the year, I think they said they'd win eleven games tops. 
if you I'm did. not. I think I think you said I think you said ten to eleven. I th- I don't remember off the top be, of my yeah, head. Yeah, ten to eleven would be the very ceiling. And they're kind of on that road right now. If you've told me they'd be five hundred right now, looking at their current schedule, I'd be pretty satisfied with that. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at their schedule, they have, you know, the game with the Bears on Monday Night Football. Uh, in the next two, the next th- realistically though, they, they're going to have a, str- a interesting stretch next. That was next five after the Bears game, because you can't really say the Jets are really that bad of a team. They're looking like a really good team right now, and you got to play them twice in a three week span. The Colts got a nice win this week. Are they maybe starting to get back on I the right still track? Don't believe in Colts, I, still. I don't either, but if Jonathan Taylor plays in that game, you have to give the Colts some kind of chance in that game just because of how good he was. And you saw it last year against New England. I mean, he just ran really well against them. They couldn't stop him. Who knows about that? You're going to go into Minnesota. Minnesota's 5-1. and one. We don't know realistically how they are, but a road game at Minnesota on Thanksgiving, I mean, that's the only good thing that you got going for you because it's Kirk Cousins at primetime. And then obviously a game with the Bills. So the next couple after this Bears game, it will be really interesting to see how they do the next five. But yeah, they there's a good chance that New England could stay in the playoff race if they're able to win three out of those five games. Yeah, definitely winnable. Me, you beat the Bears and just have to go five hundred between those four games. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, but even yeah, though Patriots fans had a really good day on. Sunday, uh, sadly, there's a lot of upset Patriots fans seeing Tom Brady oh, once well, again kind of drop the ball in, ta- in Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know what's going on with him this season. I think um, the is finally getting to his head. I think it's a mix of, well, it could be that. I don't know. Um, it's mostly the offensive line issues because you got to remember they have a lot of backups playing right now for them because of injuries they had during the preseason. So offensive line has certainly been an issue for New England. I, I don't know why I said New England. You know what I mean? Tampa Bay. It's been an issue for Tampa Bay all season. They're not running the ball effectively either. Leonard Fournette, I don't know what's happened to him. He has not looked good this season. He had 21 carries for 63 yards in this game. And you would think with Tampa Bay going into this game, the Steelers, I believe, had their top three corners. I think they were all out in this game. So the Steelers were absolutely, you know, Absolutely had no chance in this game going into it. And to their credit, they played a great defensive game. They held Brady to 243 yards in a touchdown. Like I said, Leonard Fournette was not able to run the ball. And despite the Steelers, you know, losing Kenny Pickett in this game, hats off to Mitch Trubisky. He came in in relief, 144 yards on 9-12 completions for a t- and a touchdown. He did what he needed to do to keep the Steelers in the lead. And they pull off probably... Do I dare say the biggest upset of the season? I would say so. I would definitely say so. I think just because of how badly the Steelers lost the previous week at Buffalo, I I don't know. This might be the biggest upset of the year because Steelers have looked god-awful this year. Mike Tomlin's still trying to avoid his first losing season ever as a head coach. And I will give... Got to tip his hat off to Mike Tomlin if there's any other second quarter... I'm sorry, second coach that knows Tom Brady as well as he does besides Bill Belichick. It's definitely Mike Tomlin. All the years battling the AFC for supremacy. Yeah. This this game this again came down to coaching and any Steelers fan that wants to get rid of Mike Tomlin, I think you gotta really watch his film twice and just see what he can do, what he's yeah. actually opportunities. Yeah, I mean listen, well uh, Steelers fans will tell you that Tomlin's been there for a while, so you wonder how you know, is that starting to wear off and you know, is that should he have been gone maybe 
a couple years ago because at the end of the day, he's won what two Super Bowls in Pittsburgh? I believe a Super Bowl. No, he's won two. He won. No, I think you're right. I think it was one. Bill yeah, Cowher won. Bowl. Bill Cowher won the one with the Roethlisberger. That's right. That is correct. Yes, that's right. So he he has the one Super Bowl, the San Antonio Holmes catch. Yeah, I mean, you have a one, you have one Super Bowl ring. So I mean, I don't know. Because let's face facts, I'm a Giants fan, and Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowl rings. But when push came to shove, they the Giants had to get rid of him because the success wasn't going around their way. So you got to wonder how much longer of a leash is that going to happen for Mike Tomlin. The problem for the Steelers is they are known for not firing, you know, any of their coaches and stuff like that. They would rather just let them be like, you know what, I'm just going to retire or I'm going to move on. They are part ways, as they would say. They don't really fire someone. They're not going to say they fired a coach. So I don't know how much longer Mike Tomlin will be there, but I'm assuming we will be there for a little bit. All right. Uh, probably the most interesting game of the weekend. Uh, one of the most exciting. Bills not really pulling off the upset. They were favored, and looks like Vegas got it right this week. Chiefs, for the first time ever in Patrick Mahomes' career, were the underdogs at Arrowhead. They couldn't overcome yep. the odds. Bills march into Arrowhead Stadium, defeat the Chiefs 24-20. to Patrick Mahomes looking a little suspect. Now, I'm not going to say that's his fault, but I'm going to go. Uh, I'm not going to say it. Wasn't, say. A, wasn't the greatest against from Mahomes, but he still throws for 338 yards and two touchdowns. So he definitely, he definitely keeps the Chiefs job. in the game. But this all comes down to the Bills offense just playing really well at the end of the day. Josh Allen throws for three touchdowns, 329 yards. They actually ran the ball pretty well in this game. 17 carries for 85 yards for Devin Singletary. That's not really usually the Bills' model. They don't really run the ball as well. You usually see Josh Allen most of the time being the leading rusher. But in this case, not so much. Devin Singletary gave the Bills what they needed from in this game. And then you got some monster contributions from your top two wide receivers, Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Diggs goes for 10 catches on 148 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis, we know what he we know what he did last year in the playoffs against Kansas City. He also gets a touchdown in this game. Dawson Knox gets the game-winning touchdown at the end of the day. And a great job by Buffalo. I mean, there's a reason why they signed a guy like Von Miller in the offseason, and it's for this type of game because Miller was phenomenal for the Bills. Two sacks and two tackles for losses. It's losses. Jesus, I can't speak right now. But you know what I mean. Von Miller was a monster for Buffalo, and this is the biggest reason why they paid him in the offseason to play in a big game like this against Kansas City. And we, I mean, I pre- you could pretty much ask anyone, this is most likely going to be the AFC Championship game at the end of the day. We'll have to see how the rest of the season goes for both of these teams. But for now, Buffalo does get the you know the monkey off their back with a win at Kansas City. Will they be able to do it again if you know, if they meet again in the playoffs? Time will only tell. Now, I'm still not buying Kansas City, and this is what I'm going to tell you, and this is what I'm going to tell you. Oh, no. Don't say Andy Reid. Yeah, I'm going to say Andy Reid. No. Andy Reid, hold on. Listen to me. He is pretty much a Josh McDaniels screw-up and a Justin Herbert pick six away from being two and four. Oh, boy. You said himself, Josh McDaniels lost that Raiders game, did he not? I mean, he did go for a a two-point conversion after they were an extra point away from tying the game. And Justin Herbert, he made a bad read and threw that pick six. Uh, I think that's the only pick six. Well, that's, you got to remember, that was also, they didn't get a substitution in that game because Gerald Everett was gassed going into that that play. They should have got a substitution off so that they could have gotten the touchdown. Yeah, so there's... Very, very fine line. There's a very fine line with Andy Reid right now. I, listen, they're playing they're at 
San Francisco this week. Jimmy G at home. I don't know how uh, it could happen. I don't. I don't I, listen, man. I don't like that. No, I'm. I don't like the, the, the Niners. Have looked very sketchy right now. I will say and, one thing about the and Niners. they're very not, and they're very injured. So that we're not going to go into the Niners. This is the main thing problem I see with the Niners. The Niners are probably the worst second half football team in the NFL. No, it's it's Baltimore. Uh, do have you seen? Have, okay, you can make an. An argument for Baltimore. Uh, it's, it's Baltimore. But at least here's the thing, though: the 49ers. How many? Guess the Niners are definitely half, up there, though. Guess They're how many second there. half points the 49ers have? They didn't have in a single point. No, in the point. Oh, they're in the in total in the season. In the season. <sighs> I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but I know they, they didn't six. score this. Yeah, yeah they have six good. second half points in ten. I'm sorry, twelve quarters of football right now. Yeah, it's not good. They've punted. I believe nine times. Well, you got to remember turned the ball over five times. So that means Nick, on average, yeah, in the second half, there at least one turnover and three to four punts per game in the second half. That's yeah. unacceptable. That's if the Niners ever can fix when they go into that locker room. If there's a curse in that locker room or in the visitor locker room, wherever they are, if they ever get a witch or a shaman to lift that shaman. curse. In that uh, locker room, and the 49ers can figure out how to play football in the second half, they could easily beat Kansas City. But they're their worst enemies right I, now. In the half. I think the problem for San Francisco is they have so many injuries right now on both sides of the ball. I don't think it's, it's just not going to be enough to beat you could Kansas say City. That, you could say that too, but the most banged, one of the most banged up teams in football right now, it's the Giants. When you want to take a look at people, teams being banged up right now, I wouldn't. I'd say I think San Francisco is is worse because look at some of the players that they have injured right now: Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa. That alone, those are two of their biggest defensive players. Then you also bring up Trent Williams, their best offensive lineman. He's out. Jimmy Ward, one of their better secondary players. He's currently hurt. Talaluna Hafunga. I probably butchered that pronunciation. However, the hell you say it, he's been a bright spot for this team. He is injured. McGlinchey is injured. Traverius Ward injured. Emmanuel Moses on the IR. Javon Kinlaw is on the IR. Jason Verrett is injured. They also haven't had Elijah Mitchell the entire season. They are very, very, very injured right now. I get it. The Giants also have a litany of injuries as well. But San Francisco, you could just tell that they're missing their star players. It's kind of looking like that team they had in 2020 where you had these high expectations, but the injuries happened so badly for the team that they couldn't respond from it. All, all I'm trying to say is uh, I don't trust Andy Reid. He has a sus. He's been very suspect this year, and two. He pretty much had two wins gifted to him by worse teams. That's what really. I, I mean, it's fair, but I mean, at the end I mean, of the day, know. they're we'll still in first place. To, well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's tied for the first place with the Chargers. They technically have the tiebreaker because they beat. Yeah. Them at home, uh, eventually. Chargers haven't looked good either, but we'll get into them. They are, they're another team that's also very beat up right now. Yeah. Just. Injuries galore. Yep. But uh, Bills, hang on. Beat, go in the arrowhead. Beat the Chiefs. Let's go into the primetime game of the evening. Eagles going 6-0, and beating Dallas Cowboys. Cooper Rush looks like his Cinderella story is finally over. There is no quarterback controversy. There never like, was. <laughs> I mean, there was never a quarterback never controversy. Was. I agree with you, but you had those trolls saying, oh, well, Cooper Rush and Dallas, Dak Prescott, maybe Cooper they Rush. Were, they weren't throwing the ball enough for them for that to be uh, – quarterback conservation no, like it, it, it's it's different when you say that narrative with new england with bailey zappy because at least he's throwing the ball for 300 yards 
Cooper Rush is throwing like 20 passes, maybe a game for like 100 yards, and that's about it. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, this is a great win for the Eagles. They go to 6-0 in the season. I you know, did pick the Dallas Cowboys to win the game going into it. I thought maybe their defense would be a huge factor into them getting this win. Obviously was not the case. A.J. Brown has a touchdown, so is Devonta Smith. Jalen Hurts did just enough to win the game. But at the end of the day, it came down to the Eagles defense just, you know, pressuring Cooper Rush a lot and forcing him to make a lot of bad throws. But, yeah, great win for Philly. They go to 6-0. Dallas fall into 4-2. So the Eagles, I mean, they could very much well start the season 10-0 because they have a very favorable schedule the next couple of weeks. I was about to say, it doesn't look like the Eagles are going to lose anytime soon. I think the first yeah. game they might lose. This is going to sound a little crazy. I think Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay figure it out halfway through the season, and they give him their first loss. I know uh, you don't like the Colts, but I did the Col- I did that Colts game is going to be it's, interesting. It's, that's a sneaky game. That's a sneaky game. I will give you that. I'd but say the Steelers, the but the year, their offense so I think bad. The first loss of the year is going to be against Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. That's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, uh, I would that's fair. The first loss. I think that three-game stretch where they play the Colts, Packers, and Titans, I think that's where they going to be a loss. I think one of those games is going to be a loss. Yes, I agree. Now, we- I mean, they also play the they also play the Giants after the Tennessee Titans. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe that that's... Could a, that could be a hangover loss, man. Maybe. And if they're undefeated going into that game, maybe that's the game. I no, don't know. Definitely, they're definitely going to drop a game by the end of the season. We just don't know where yet. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, I, think, I, I think you. I would agree with you in that three games. The stretch. Eagles are a good team, but they're not like that Patriots team where like they're... They're unbelievable. Un, yeah, they're insane. This is a good football team, but they're not. They they haven't looked like dominant. If that makes like they haven't had well, dominant they've, wins. They had their struggles. They had, they had their, their one good game against Minnesota, and then they played a really bad Washington team. Other than that, they've struggled in their other games. I mean, they gave up thirty plus points to the Lions week one. Uh, they're and they're a good offense. The Lions are a good offense. I agree, but when you have teams like New England that just shut them down, no, I, I know, I know, is a little suspect. No, I get, I get it. I agree with you, but yeah, I mean, the Eagles are 6-0 in the season. You got the Steelers and Texans the next two weeks after their bye week this upcoming week, and also the Commanders. So they, again, you're right, they have a very favorable schedule. They easily could start 10-0. Dallas, you know, they lose this game, but at the end of the day, they probably win because Dak Prescott is rumored to be coming back this week against the Detroit Lions. And look at their next couple of games. They're playing Detroit, Chicago. They're at Green Bay. I would pick Dallas to win that game because the Packers looks really bad right now. I would take the Dallas Cow. I hate to say that, but I think Dallas is the favorite over them. I at Minnesota. So, yeah, I mean, Dallas definitely has a chance. Now, do I think Dallas can come back to win the division? I just don't think it's going to be enough just due to the fact of how easy the Eagles' schedule is compared to Dallas's schedule. But Dallas does get Dak Prescott back, and I think you were right earlier when you said they're probably one of the top five teams in football. As much as I hate to say it, Dallas is a really good football team right now. They just need to get their star quarterback back. He's going to be back probably this week. And as long as their defense plays a little bit better than they did this past Sunday, I think Dallas will be in a good situation. No, I am definitely agree with you. Oh, that, that pain me to say that. Yeah, it hurts, but uh, uh, you can't really deny the truth. And kind of finishing up our recap of the NFL, the worst game by maybe of all time, Broncos vs. Chargers. Absolutely. No, there's no way this is worse than the Thursday night game. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It started. It was terrible. It was terrible. It started off okay because Russell Wilson looked phenomenal in that first quarter. 
he was unbelievable in the first quarter. Uh, it, looks I, like he, it looks like he might have been worth two hundred forty million dollars for ten minutes. He was ten. I believe he was ten for ten to start the game. And yeah, then, and, and then you know he <laughs> became uh, Russ's cooked once again. Yeah, I mean, this is just another game that was so weird. And this is another game where the it's so weird what the Broncos are doing because they were running the football very effectively in a sense with Latavius Murray, averaging four point four yards a carry. 15 carries for 66 yards. The fact that they didn't run the ball a lot more in this game, I mean, I get it. You don't have your your star running back in Javante Williams for the rest of the season. It seems like Melvin Gordon's now in the doghouse. I believe he's now potentially looking to get out of Denver, so who knows what that's going to happen. You maybe could see the Broncos training for a guy like Cam Akers at the end of the day, but Denver just loses another pathetic game, a game they could have easily won, and they just let it fall through their, their hands. And yes, that is a direct pun considering how they lost the game off a muffed punt at the in the uh, overtime period. But the MVP of this game, just give facts, it's Dustin Hopkins, the kicker for the Chargers. Monster game from him as he goes 4-for-4, four four, four, long of the day with 39. He gets injured in this game. He's going to be out for two to four weeks, but great effort from him to kick the game winner in overtime despite that hamstring injury. He gutted it out, got the kick off. Hit it through the uprights. Chargers get the win. An ugly 4-2 start, but they're tied for first place in the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, who knows? Chargers still playing some ugly football, and they're still in, tied for first place somehow. Yeah, they're absolutely banged up and beat up and broken and scarred. Yep. But we have to talk about the Broncos right now. That franchise is about to get scary bad. If you thought the Brock yeah. Osweiler situation was bad, this is the Brock Osweiler situation on steroids. This is looking absolutely hard. You have, I believe, seven years is tied up in Russell Wilson's yep. contract. Seven years over $200 million. Majority of it is guaranteed as well. The money's not going to disappear. This is going to count against the salary cap for the next half decade or so. They don't really have a lot of players coming up uh, rookie-wise. They kind of have established players. I guess you can maybe make the argument that okay, yeah, and Jerry Judy's an upcoming player, but he's this is his second year in the league already. I remember they don't have a first round pick this year. They traded to Seattle and that trade for Russell Wilson, so they're not even going to be able to draft a first round tal- caliber player this year. No, so it's yeah, it's not a good look for the Broncos. And I'm going to say this in the beginning of the year. I said this earlier. They should have kept Drew Lock. I Drew still Locke, don't agree with that narrative, but I mean, I will, Nick, at this what, rate, what, I, what, I, no, no, the narrative. Russell Wilson I, yeah. is. He's he's, he's, he's playing right bad. I agree. He's, if they kept Drew Lock, they keep two hundred forty million dollars in cap space. They punt another year for a quarterback. They maybe get Shroud, or they maybe get uh, Bryce Young, or one of the top QBs in the upcoming draft. Well, and got, they keep their picks. Like well, it, it, it would be a no if you could reverse this. If you could ask any Broncos fan, you could reverse time right now. I'm not signed Russell Wilson. I think 99 out of 100 would say, yes, let me do that right now. Well, here's what I'll say about this team. I think these next five weeks for the Broncos are going to be monster. Because if you look at their next five games, I would say, going in, obviously going into the season, you would say these next five games are very winnable. Now, they, have a, they had to play the Jets this week. Obviously, going into this game, the Jets might be the – now, Denver's probably the favorite going into this game. But the Jets are the highest, are one of the hotter teams in football, so the Jets might be the actual favorite to win the game at the end of the day. Now, Denver's got to win this game because if they lose this game, they're going to drop to two and five, and their any playoff hope for them is going to be 
demolished. But if they're able to hold on, then they could play Jacksonville. Jacksonville has now looked good the last couple weeks. So right there, you win those two games, you're back to 500. Then you play the Titans on the road. That's not going to be an easy game. So that's a 50-50 potentially. Then you play a bad a Raiders team that's looked very bad this season. Obviously, offensively, they look great. Defensively, not so much. So that's a game where if they're able to hold the Raiders' you know, offense to a minimal amount of points, they could win that game. And then I don't even need to get into Carolina. Carolina is the worst team in football, so they should be able to win that game. But I don't know. Denver has to play better these next couple weeks. Too unpredictable for us to say, but we're going to try to predict a couple games coming up this week in the NFL preview. Yep. Uh, D-Hop returning on Thursday Night Football, Saints vs. Cardinals, another snooze fest. What do you got? I would think this is probably the best game since week four, Thursday Night Football. Probably. probably. That's not saying much, I, but probably. It's not saying, that is true. That is not saying anything. I'm going to pick the Cardinals due to the fact that D-Hop is coming back. Okay, I use, prediction. Yeah, I, I just the the other factor in this game is that I think Andy Dalton's probably going to start again. I, I would imagine. I don't think Jameis Winston's back from injury fully yet. Cardinals did just lose Hollywood Brown, but getting D Hop back is a monster. Maybe Robbie Anderson helps their offense because he just got acquired from them from the Carolina Panthers. I don't know how much he'll be in playing this game. I would assume he won't play this game just because it's a new system and everything. But I just think on paper the Cardinals are slightly a better team than New Orleans, but I think that the Hopkins factor of him being rested up and now ready to finally play, I think that's just going to give New uh, Arizona the win in this game. I, I I would tend to agree with you. Uh, one thing I do want to add to that analysis, Bell, is to talk about who's going to start a quarterback. Uh, Sean Payton, you will never hear this, but uh, for the sake of all fantasy owners everywhere, please start Taysom Hill at quarterback. I want it's not Sean Payton. Oh, that's right. Sean Payton retired. My bad. Well, uh, yeah. he didn't retire, he, but he, he, took a, he, he took a year. He took a year off. He's going to be back next year. He'll be back. Yeah. Uh, who was the current coach of the? Uh, it is Dennis Allen, who was the defensive Dennis coordinator Allen. for them. Dennis Allen. Well, Dennis Allen, if you are listening, they could start. start ta- they could start Taysom Hill. I would not be surprised if they start Taysom Hill in this game I as want quarterback. Maximum. Chaos you just want fantasy points. I do. I want maximum I know. chaos. My fantasy team. I have him in a couple different leagues. I have really too. I want to see him start a quarterback because I want to see people bitch and moan about it. I think it would be interesting to see. I think if Taysom Hill starts, it definitely you know brings a different dynamic to the game, and it might it might make me change my pick to New Orleans. But I think with Andy Dalton as a starter as of right now, I would probably take Arizona. But Taysom Hill starts, I might be tempted to change my pick. Well, Taysom Hill is kind of a gadget quarterback. He really uh, is kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He's really not the he's not the best at anything, but he's good at a lot of different a lot of little things, which kind of helps them win games. Yeah. Uh, so I think that would be kind of interesting, but I think I would still take the Saints no matter what. I'm sorry, I take the um, the Cardinals over the Saints no matter what. Okay, so we have an agreement there. We'll see how how often we do with this one. Okay, so over one, uh, Giants versus Jags. Take the Giants. I, I don't care. I, I don't I understand why I can see why the sports books are saying the Jaguars are the favorite. Because they have a very good defense in a sense, like defensive line wise. Um so it might give the Giants a lot of problems because their offensive line has been up and down this season. But I just think that the Giants they have such a good momentum of pace going right now. 
But this is a game that they can win, and they can go to six and one, and they would really, really be starting to tell the world, "Hey, listen, I know you're not respecting me. I'm gonna make you respect me." And I think as long as Saquon Barkley keeps doing what he's doing, and the defense keeps, you know, taking advantage of some mistimed plays from the quarterback, and you got Trevor Lawrence, who's, you know, has made some mistimely plays the last couple weeks. They take advantage of that on a young quarterback. I think the Giants will take advantage of it and pounce on it. I'm gonna take okay, so we all gonna agree here. I'm gonna take the Giants. I also bet on them this weekend, so hopefully I don't mush them. I bet on them a I couple times this year. I bet yeah. on them a couple times this no, year. I know, I know, okay. I know. You're right, so I'm you're undefeated right. when betting on the New York Football Giants this year, and hopefully that stays true. Um, I think you don't want Shad Khan winning anyway. I don't want Shad Khan uh, winning anyway. Shout out Triple H and WWE. Um, <laughs> Pop H. Uh, Never, uh, AW never. Uh, anyways, <laughs> getting off topic here. I do think the Giants are going to win. I think they overall have a, I don't even want to say they have a better team. I think, I don't know if they have out, a better, wide out they definitely have a better team, at, but yeah. at wide out and quarterback, I have to give the edge to Jacksonville, but at running yep. back, I have to give the edge to New York defense. I would think I would lean towards the Giants but overall. I think it's a toss up, but I think the coaching and the culture is really going to be the difference here. And that's why I think we're going to take New York. I mean, yeah, I mean, if there's anything going off the Giants right now is that they're playing really good second-half football. So even if they fall in the first half, they know how to make adjustments and play really, really well in the second half. So I, th- if the Giants do fall early in this game, I think you'll see those adjustments being made in the second half, and I think they are, they're going to be able to come back. It will be an interesting game, to say the least. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be a great game. So I think we, we're agreeing on that one, one for two so far. Did you, wait, who'd you take in the Saints game? Uh, I took the Cardinals. I th- no, we both took the Cardinals, so we're two for two. Oh, okay, we are two for two. Okay, yeah. perfect, perfect. I thought you took the Saints there for a second. Okay, no, so I, I said I would switch my pick to New Orleans if Taysom Hill starts. Okay, that is... If Andy is Dalton fair. started, then I'm, for, as, of, as of right now, Andy Dalton, I think, is starting, so I'm taking the Cardinals. Okay, okay, so two yeah. for two so far. like it. Uh, Colts versus Titans, I will give you my analysis right here. I do not trust the Colts at all. I think Derrick Henry is going to come back and he's going to rush for over 120 yards. They're not going to be able to start uh, stop him. I don't trust Matt Ryan. I think he is washed. He is an interception mach- machine. Uh, that's not saying that Ryan Tannehill is a little bit better. Uh, but I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to play. I think he's going to miss his third street week. I don't see him coming back. So for these reasons, I'm going to take the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I think as of right now, I'm also going to take the Titans. And I th- it's due to the fact that the injuries the Colts have. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is questionable to play. Quiddy Pay is also questionable. Shaquille Leonard is questionable. Naheem Hines is questionable. You saw a monster game of Dion Jackson, their past game against Jacksonville. He got injured, so he's also going to be questionable. There's just so many injuries going on for the Colts right now, and it's really hurt them. And even when they were fully healthy, the Titans are all have realistically been the Colts' boogeyman throughout the past couple of seasons, and Derrick Henry is a big reason why that's that's happened. So, because of that, I'm gonna take the Titans. Titans are also the home team in this game, so I think that's gonna lean into it a little bit more. But I think for the Colts to have any chance, they're gonna need Jonathan Taylor to play. If he can't play, I don't see a world which Matt Ryan's gonna be able to throw the football and lead the Colts to a win. No, I think Matt Ryan's another quarterback that stole money, but that's a whole other discussion. So hey, he like- looked he he did look pretty good this past week against the Jaguars. I don't necessarily want to say like yeah, no, he looked phenomenal against a really good Jaguars defense. Jaguars defense isn't that great, but he did play pretty well in that game against Jacksonville. But yeah, it's 
I, the fact that they're not going to be able to have a guy like John the Taylor potentially play again, I don't know if they're going to be able to get away with that again. All right. I think we're both gonna, I don't think we have to speak a lot on the next game. I think we're going to be kind of in agreement. Jets versus Broncos. I'm going to go on a limb and say we're both going to agree and we're both going to take the Jets here. Such a weird game. I think as of now, I picked the Jets, but I really could see myself switching into Denver. But the problem is, I don't know how much more, how much many more times I could pick Denver and them losing the game. Ah, yeah, I think as of right now, just give me the Jets because just because they have a good wave of momentum going. But yeah, I w- the- would not be surprised if Denver won. Went into both those games earlier. We gave those kind of analysis how we like the Jets developing, how we think the Broncos are kind of faltering. Uh, Jets definitely have all the momentum, so give me the Jets, even though I despise that franchise. Yeah, uh, this game could this this is gonna be, I think, the most difficult one to pick: Browns versus Ravens, two collapsing teams right now. On in- oh, this is not this is not difficult. Oh, okay. Difficult we, we, we the the it. Browns look really really bad right now. Okay. I I t- I don't care. I know Baltimore. You know, to their credit, they lost this game against the Giants. You know they have. If they can play a full four quarter game, they would be a six and zero team right now. That's just facts. They would be six and zero right now, and the second undefeated team in football. No, you're 100 percent correct with that. Um, at the end of the day, I just don't like what Cleveland's doing right now. You know, they also have a couple of injuries as well. Guys like Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. That's some. That's their three best defensive players, all questionable right now to play. Why Teller, their best offensive lineman, is also you know questionable. I think at the end of the day, when you have Lamar Jackson, I think it it really comes down to quarterback play, and you it's really picking between Lamar Jackson and Jacoby Brissett. I think it's just um, I think it's just Baltimore's game to lose. They they, so, they have to win this game. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to take Cleveland. I'm going to take Cleveland, and this is why I'm going to take. Really, Cleveland. I don't think they can stop the run. Baltimore. I don't think. I, Baltimore, I mean, that's that's fair. I don't he, think they have a two-headed. Mob. I mean, statistically speaking, Nick Chubb was down to have, was bound to have a down game. Statistically speaking, yeah, you're right. By all the averages, he had to regress to the mean. You're right. Now, it goes both ways. He's going to regress back. I think he's going to regress back up this week. And when you're taking all that pressure off of Kareem Hunt, it's going to give him the time to shine as well. So I think. The two-headed monster comes back, and I think Cleveland takes on Baltimore. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think Baltimore might lead for the majority of the game. They might lead for the first. Oh, you're saying they're going to they're blow another I game? Might, I think they might collapse again. Uh, I think that's the middle of Cleveland. I think the combination of the run game, and I think them collapsing again. It's kind of like. Do you think Baltimore, uh, do you think Cleveland, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but do you think Cleveland's going to be able to stop Lamar and Kenyon Drake and Patrick J.K. Dobbins? This is probably going to be a shootout. You think there's going to be a shootout? I wouldn't show, call this. This is gonna be a run out. This is there's gonna be no shooting involved. Yeah, I think this is a game where you, you're gonna see the clock like go very, very quickly because these are two teams that are gonna run the football into the ground. They're not this gonna throw be, the football. This is gonna be the first football game that's done in two hours. <laughs> it really might be. If you're if you're gonna do it over under, I actually take the under in this game, and I tell you why because I think there's gonna be so much running to the fact that there's not gonna be like there's gonna be like eight minute drives or nine minute drives in this game. So you would just have to be like, all right, well, then they're just going to either end the drive with a field uh, field goal by, you know, two good, you know, Cade York is a rookie, but I think he's going to be a really good kicker at the end of the day. And then you have the best kicker in the NFL and probably of all time, Justin Tucker. So, yeah, so no, definitely, uh, definitely things to look out for. 
So first disagreement there. There's the first I disagreement. I think we'll be back on page I'm two. I'm shocked by that one. I thought you would take Baltimore. Uh, you know, I, I thought about it, but the more I'm kind of looking at the Browns and the more I'm looking at Baltimore kind of beating themselves. I mean. No team has beaten Baltimore. Baltimore has beaten themselves. Very you're tough. right. You're absolutely right. I mean, listen. They're their own worst enemy. This is a monster game for Cleveland because if they lose, they fall to two and five. They can really ill afford to fall to two and five since they're still waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back. They really need to be in kind of a winning position where, you know, if they're tied or maybe a game or two out of the division lead where they would still have a chance to win the division to make the playoffs. But yeah, they could really ill afford to fall at two and five if they lose this game. Yeah, this is a must win for uh, for Cleveland, and I don't think uh, Baltimore. I don't think reality has set in yet. Yeah, I, that's fair. I think uh, we're gonna be back on track here. Chiefs versus Niners. I'm gonna take the Chiefs. I'm gonna take the Chiefs because, like I said earlier, San Francisco is the own worst enemy in the second half. Even though I don't trust Andy Reid, I'm gonna t- trust the much better quarterback. No shame in being or shade being thrown to G- at Jimmy G right now, but. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I, like I said earlier, I mean, the Niners just have so many injuries on the defensive side of the football. I, I think it just it's going to be too, it's going to be too much for them to overcome, which is which is a, a really good Chiefs offense. They had a bad week this week against Buffalo. I'm I could see them putting up a good amount of points in this game. All right, so it looks like we're both on track with the Chiefs and uh this is an interesting one. Seahawks yeah, versus the uh Seattle Seahawks versus the Los this Angeles is gonna be a this will be a fun game. This could be a fun game. This is interesting because I don't know how to rate Geno Smith and the Chargers are not really collapsing yet because they're four and two, but they have there's stress fractures in the foundation. I mean, you kind of saw Geno in their last game against the Cardinals. You kind of saw him come back down a little bit to earth. You know, the offense for Seattle was not really was not good at all. Let's just face facts. They got a great game out of Kenneth Walker though. We're saying we can maybe we maybe saw the emergence of him potentially being a really good running back in the NFL. But at the end of the day, the Seahawks, their defense played phenomenal. Their defense was one of the worst defenses of this in the NFL going into that game. They played great against Kyler Murray and them holding them to just nine points. And the only touchdown for Arizona was a blocked punt. So realistically, they only held them to three points. Um, now, the issue going into this game is both these teams kind of dealing with injuries. Chargers more now don't have their kicker at Dustin Hopkins. Keenan Allen has said he's going to play this game. We'll have to see if that actually happens. They lost starting center Corey Lindsley in the game against Denver. So that's going to be a big injury for them because their offensive line has already taken a big hit with Rashawn Slater being out for the season. I I will take I'm going to take the Chargers, but it's going to be a close game for sure. All right, I so think, we're back, we're back just, on pace. Yeah, I I just think the char I just think the Chargers haven't been putting teams away, and I think they're going to let Seattle stick stick around for longer than they really should be. I'm gonna agree with you. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I don't want to say a screamer, but it's gonna be a close game. But at the end, I think the Chargers will clutch it out versus Seattle. I'm gonna take the better quarterback again in Justin Herbert, even though the Chargers really banged up and there's stress fractures. I don't think this is the team that breaks the foundation. I think they go to five and two, and like you said, Geno comes back more down to earth. Uh, yeah. Great analysis. Let's go into our primetime games now. Uh, oh I'll- man, this is a really bad primetime game to be honest. This is. You know what? If you said this game earlier in the season, if both these teams stayed healthy, this would have been kind of exciting. You would have seen the explosive offense of the Dolphins versus the unmovable wall of the defense. defense. It would have been interesting to see if this was game one, but unfortunately, both these teams are half dead right now, so this is going to make for a snooze fest this Sunday. Yeah, I'm having a a tough time picking this game, to be honest. 
I originally picked Miami, but I could really see the Steelers win this game at the end of the day. It's just something. Really? I, okay. Now, I think they have a better chance of picket plays, per se, because it gives them more of a running aspect to their game. I'm going to stick with Miami just because Tua is going to be back for them. And let's just face facts. I don't care what you know our other co-host says about Tua, if he's bad or not. You can tell the Dolphins are really missing Tua because they've lost three in a row since he got injured. They really need him back in that lineup because they have not looked the same. They had that bad game against the Bengals in which he got hurt. Then you had the Jets game, need I say more, with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. And then their offense was just anemic against Minnesota this past weekend. They need Tua back desperately. And the Steelers are still very much injured on the defensive side of the ball. I think you'll start to see guys like Tyree Kill and Jalen Wall. They'll just, you know, run deep routes and they'll just burn that Steelers secondary that's been really missing Mike Mika Fitzpatrick. All right. I like that analysis, but I'm going to go against the grain now and I'm going to say the Steelers pull off the offset. And yeah. I'm going to tell you why. I don't think two is 100%. They're going to play him again. I don't think he is either. They're, they're going to play him again when he's not 100%. I think if the Steelers' defense without those key players can kind of start gel and figure out their identity like they did last week versus Tampa Bay versus a much better offense and a much better quarterback, one that was not injured. Obviously, the offensive line sucks for Tampa Bay, but if that secondary can continue to figure it out, I, I think two is going to have fits with them. I think the, do you, uh, I think do the you like them with Trubisky playing or Pickett playing? Or you, it doesn't matter? I haven't seen enough of Kenny Pickett. I think that Trubisky definitely has the veteran experience, but Trubisky definitely has the better arm and legs. Uh, I would wish I would wish you could kind of combine them both and just take the veteran leadership and knowledge of the game and that Trubisky currently has being the vet and give that to Kenny Pickett. Mm. But I, I don't I don't think I could really pick a better one right now. I think future wise on the line, I think if this was eight weeks more into the season, I would definitely say hands down Kenny Pickett. But I really haven't seen enough of Kenny Pickett to make that kind of informed decision. Right now it's looking like Kenny Pickett is better uh currently, but I it's still a little early to say. Yeah, you're definitely right. It's definitely early to say, but we'll have to, you know, we'll have to see what happens. This is a, a game that I don't know how it's going to play out. I can very much well see this being a very low-scoring game, but I still will have to see. I mean, it's really going to come down to who's going to be able to play in this game because there's a lot of injuries for both sides. Absolutely. I think this is like a 17-14 type of game. Like you said, kind of low-scoring. I'll definitely take the under no matter what it is. Yeah. Uh, final game of the slate, and then I guess yeah, we, 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 don't, here. We, we don't need to talk about this one. New England. Uh, we, we have to, we have <laughs> to talk about a little bit, but New uh, Chicago sucks. This is going to be another Monday night snooze fest. <laughs> New Anyone England. who has work early in the morning definitely going to fall asleep during this game. I know I will, even though it's my team playing. I think we both could agree here. New England's going to take <laughs> it, and I don't think it's even a question. I don't care if it's Zappy or Mac Jones, New England's winning this game. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. I'm glad we Chicago looks. We have to really say bad. Really bad, and they New England just held a really good running back and Nick Chubb to fifty-four yards rushing. Yeah, I don't know how much Khalil Herbert or David Montgomery really is going to be able to do if if that's the case. I'm glad we're in agreement. So it looks like we probably went seven for ten there, or seven out of nine there. We had the only disagreements were the uh, Dolphins game and the um, Browns game. The Browns game. Yep. Yeah, so it looks like we're kind of on pace this uh, this episode. So, so wow. get ready for all those teams that we picked uh, at the same time to lose. Anyone who wants to make a lot of money, make a Re- seventeen parlay, yeah, reversing re- reverse it. Reverse it. Teams you pick, you'll be a multi-millionaire. <laughs> Trust me. The, when it comes to the MLB, yeah, too, yeah, definitely want to reverse that too because we have not been good on the MLB uh, predictions. 
But man, I mean, that's going to do it for this part of our conversation with the NFL. Oh, another crazy week. Hopefully we'll see another crazy one this upcoming weekend. I'm praying got Thursday night football is good, but I'm not putting my hopes up. But this is going to do it for our part of our conversation. Tune in to our next topics as we now will discuss another crazy round of the MLB playoffs. The divisional series is over. We now move on to the ALCS and NLCS. And we also get into the NBA preview. See who makes the playoffs, who will be in the NBA finals, and who we think is the favorite to win the MVP. Once again, I am Nicholas Pavona, and this is my co-host Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show.